Welcome to another instalment of the Head Noise Official Podcast. I am joined today by a good friend of mine and Hounds legend Mark Webb. Webby's going to be our producer moving forward and he's, I'm sure you're going to be wonderful and I'm sure it's going to be wonderful and you'll be delighted to hear his opinions and points of view. Webby, say hello. Thanks Ben. Uh, I'm uh, excited to be here and look forward to seeing how things turn out through the future. Beautiful. Now, our guest today is um, a very passionate lady that I, I've sort of come across in my career. She has been, um, I won't say vocal, but she's very passionate about women in media and other issues, equal pay, and she's a very, very interesting and genuine person, and I'd like to obviously have a chat with her today and share her story and put it out there, and I hope you guys enjoy it. So. Louise Davis, welcome. Thank you. Looking forward to our chat. Wonderful. So, well, briefly, um, would you like to give us a bit of a background on what you're doing at the moment, career-wise? Yes, sure. So, um, after a career in um, marketing, um, predominantly with agencies, and then moving into senior leadership positions, and then into corporate. Um, I had had enough, I suppose, of, um, I got to a point where, fine, my career was great, but got to a point of, you know, if I was to die tomorrow, who would I be known for? Oh, this great person that had a great career. Like, um, I kind of lost who I was and my identity and had no idea of what my purpose was and what my values were. Um, I suppose you could call it a bit of a midlife crisis, but I think it was more of a reawakening. I'd hit a certain age where um, I just didn't want to work for somebody else, um, where I was working no longer aligned to my values, even though I didn't know what they were. I just know that what I knew that wasn't where I wanted to be. Um, and also, um, I think as well, um, I think burnout was a big word for me at that time, and so. I made a really conscious choice to step away from corporate, step away from working within a structured environment. Um, I knew I had to take a break um, for my mental health, for my adrenal system, which had been in flight and fight mode and overloaded for over a number of years. Um, and also to find out what it is I wanted to do for the next, say, 20 to 30 years of my life. and. Um, I knew I'd always had, I was always passionate about leadership, particularly around women and um, leading teams, but also empowering women in teams that I led. Um, and so I wanted that to be a continuing thing in what I chose to do. Um, so I packed up, I was in Sydney, um, and after I resigned, um, six weeks later, I was on the Gold Coast, um, taking a break, and grounding this is, myself. This is only the last... Two years? Two and a half years. Two and a half years, yeah. Yeah. Um, And yeah, kind of the rest is history from there. Um, Spent some time out and then by chance um, happened to start up my own business, um, which is working with medium businesses, um, helping them to find their marketing strategies. But more importantly, um, is around working with young women and training them, um, you know, to learn the skills um, and to you know, share the knowledge that I had and empower them so that they could become, you know, marketing leaders of the future as well. 
do you, do you think it would be fair to say, because I, I think we've spoken about this before, you get to, uh, I guess you get to a time in your life and you rediscover what it feels like and how rewarding it is to help people? Yeah. Would that be, would that yeah. be a fair assessment? Yeah. Well? I, look, I think I know that a common theme for me is to be in service of others. Yeah. And that is one of the, that's a sole purpose for me. I know that to be true. And I completely agree. And I think for me that coupled with um you know the change in my life coupled with you know some things that happened within my family um, my brother almost dying made me realize what am I doing like what am I really doing what is my purpose here and um yeah wanting to make a difference so yeah so if we if we take it back to young Louise Davis like yeah. your, your early upbringing would you share with us um, your younger years and your, your ambitions I guess when you were obviously pre-career yeah in the same did you have the same sort of visions as were you sort of the career you followed um yes and no um I look I had a really good upbringing um I lived in Borkham Hills in Sydney, in Sydney yeah. um and yeah um had a really good upbringing I had lots of opportunities I did well at school really well um and I wanted to be either a doctor or a lawyer was what I wanted to be. Not bad choices, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of those. I did start studying law um, once I got out of university, but learnt very, very, very soon after that that was not where I wanted to be. Um, but, yeah, I would say high achiever, you know, those sorts of things that, yeah, were probably contributed to where I've got to yeah. so far, but also that has a flip side effect on it as well, that, you know, you're constantly pushing, you're constantly, um, yeah, working, I suppose, um, at such a high level that that's never good enough and you're always looking for the next thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of, um, it gets to a point where you, I no longer wanted to do it. But also, was I doing it for myself or was it to, for me to prove myself to other people? Do you think we are somewhat of a perfectionist? Do you oh, think? totally. Yeah. I totally oh. own that. And, um, yeah, it's taken... And I still, you know, work on that and let, you know, let go of having to control. Like, the whole move, six weeks from resigning, packing up in Sydney and moving up here, um, yeah, I think was a massive leap of faith for me but a step definitely it was game changing in terms of what's happened for me over the last two and a half years so yeah definitely they say everything happens for a reason totally um, it's, <laughs> yeah it is a, it's a massive leap of faith though I guess you probably uh, similar Webby with your background with the footy and stuff you've had to leave home and pursue what you're doing eh, and put yourself out of the comfort zone yeah yeah uh, I've moved around a fair bit but um yeah, I think that's always the times when you grow the most, I reckon, when you start stepping outside your comfort zone and trying to work out whether you can do it or you can't do it. So, But I, I wanted to ask you a question about that. While you are in that career decision, was it a slow burn to that point or was it you just woke up one day and went, nah, this is, this is not it? Um, it, was, it wasn't a slow burn. Yeah. I think I sat with it. A while knowing like in my gut knowing that a change was 
had to happen for me. Mm. I mean, my health had started to suffer physically, mentally. Mm. You know, I'd been signed off work for a month for burnout. And then to come back into it and then go, yep, I'll just keep doing it. But it it did become a pretty quick realisation once I decided, like it affected relationships, people were concerned yeah about me and i could see it but couldn't see it i just thought that's just what you have to do yeah um so when i decided to make the choice i did and it was a conversation i had with our cmo our chief marketing officer who was very supportive and i just went on yeah yeah so and then within i think it was three or four days that was my last day and I, like, I, you know, I was... Escalated quickly. Yeah. But in a good way, though. Yeah, yeah. And oh, that's definitely. what I mean. Like, it's... I... Where I've gone, I've, I've, I've been supported to grow, develop, and move into more senior roles. So mm. I've had that fortune. And I think that's why... Not that's why. I mean, I think it's part of my sole purpose and that's why I enjoy doing it it's something that lights my fire because at the point that I left corporate you know um there was you know my the fire in my belly wasn't even smoldering anymore Mm. and so I just had to re-establish well what are my values here what is it that's really important to me so that choices that I make in my life about whether I take on a whether it be taking on a client whether it be traveling somewhere do they um, do they tick some of the values that you know I hold to be true and important to myself? And I had to go through a whole process of defining what those yeah. values were actually, because if you'd have asked me, I yeah. would have gone, I have no idea. Mm. And that in itself is a pretty defining <laughs> moment when you're like, holy shit, I just oh, who am I? Yeah, yeah. it yeah. totally. That is yeah. exactly it. It's incredibly powerful, though. That yeah. You, be yeah. able to get to that point and identify that. <laughs> yeah. oh, I could put my hand up and say I'm I'm not at that point. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm still working it out. You yeah. Know? So that's yeah. that's really really powerful. Well, that was the question I was going to ask. Is you know I'm sure there would be listeners there, you know, listen to the podcast that might be going through the same sort of thing where they're sitting in a job and they're like, wow, oh, this doesn't align with who I am, like what my morals are, but uh, it pays the pays the rent. It yeah. Puts my uh, food on the table and that. Like, how do you encourage or what would your you know, advice to those sort of people. Yeah, you know, what was your sort of mindset or your process that you went through to try and get yourself to the point of finding out your your morals or or your self identity that we we made? Yeah. So, the first thing I did was to get out of the situation, like to get yeah. out of the environment that I was in. Um, I like and literally just step away. Mm. Um, I needed you know to heal. Um, my body and my mind and the like the adrenal system that just needed to calm calm down um so stepping away from it to give myself the headspace and the attention that it deserved as well mm. because so many times we think yep yeah, it's really important to me but how important is it if you don't create the space yeah mentally and physically for you to be able to focus on it yeah so that would be one thing and i know like yes we do have to earn money um, and I agree with that but if it's not stepping away from it how can you just pull back a bit to yeah. be able to create that space yeah. the other thing I did which really worked for me I worked with a psychologist um, and it's a book called The Happiness Trap 
I think it's by Dr. Russ Higgins. Um, the Happiness Trap. Yeah, that? it's called The Happiness <clears throat> Trap. Um, and it's all around um, creating the change in your life for positivity and for growth. Um, and it's like it's a good read, but the great thing about it is they've got these cards which are like snap cards. <laughs> Yeah. And they're actually value cards because I didn't know where to start. I needed help to do this. And I also needed to decompress as well, which is why I turned to, um, I was working with a psychologist and just to decompress. Wait, so that. when you say decompress, you mean like unpack everything? Not or... unpack everything. I think create the space and process. I think there was a level yeah. of, Trauma is such a dramatic word, but there was a level of conditioning, certainly, yep. that I needed 100%. to decompress and go, oh, like, how do I exist not going to work? And mm. it was weird for the first six weeks. It was like, I feel like I need to be doing stuff rather mm. than just be. Um, coming back to the happiness traps, they're like these snap cards, but it was awesome. It was the most cathartic um a process that we went through well I went through that she took me through and you start with there's 40 cards that have got values on them and a two sentence description of what those values are you start with 40 cards and you get them down then I was left with eight cards which I knew true that I felt that I knew to be my values, values and they can yeah. change over time so I do them every year now yeah, yeah. but it's um you start with a pile that goes Yes, and it's about relative importance to you at that particular point in time. Yes, it is. It's a maybe or it's a definite no. And you go through that process probably about three or four times to get it down to eight. Yeah, yeah. And it was just a really... Because I'm, I'm analytical as well as feeling, so I needed to understand, well, how am I going to get there? Because just saying, oh, you need to go off and find your purpose. I had no idea. You need help to do yeah. this stuff. Yeah. And there are people that can help you with it um, and it doesn't have to cost a lot of money like I went on a mental health plan I did choose um, and these are the things that are available yeah. where you you know I think I don't I know it's 20 sessions post-covid but it, then it was like 10 sessions yeah and you can get so much because it's hard to do it on your own like I had no idea my parents weren't equipped to do it my mm. best friend wasn't equipped to take on my stuff mm. and so um, going through that with her, I got the got it down to the eight values. Yeah. Um, no, so yeah. Off the top of your head. Pardon? Do you know off the top They've of your head? They've just recently changed. Okay. Yeah, I do. I probably know most of them because yeah. there's some that are really strong. Cool. So adventure is one. I completely lost adventure in my life. Can like, you travel like adventure? Yeah, yeah. But adventure in you know just things like going to a theme park and. Yeah. What was it? There was no adventure in my life. Yeah. Connection was one. Um, love was one. Sensuality was one. But that is, and that's around your senses. Yeah. You know, stimulating your senses and being grounded. Um, what else was there? This is terrible. Yeah, I do have them actually on my phone. Let me find yeah. them. Well, well, as you're looking for that, I'll ask you the question about like you spoke about with the psychologist uh, helping, but do you have a core, uh, you know, reflecting back on one of your episodes there, like safety in, in numbers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you have a core group of like your family or your friends or um, partner or anyone like that that they were the people that really helped you start to make that change? Or was it an individual type of I need to take this on my own and, and start doing it myself. 
I think in my mind I needed to start doing it on my own, but I couldn't do it on my own, I think yeah. is the thing. Um, definitely I have close friends that were really supportive. Everyone was supportive. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, I catch up with people when I go back down to Sydney. You look amazing, you sound amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, just the difference. Yeah. Um, and um, and I, I know that and I can feel that with it within myself as well. Um, but I, yeah, there were, there were friends, yeah. supportive friends, um, family as well. Yeah. Um, definitely for me, I had family that was supportive as well. Yeah. Um, you know, mum and dad, I think, kind of went, how are you going to earn money? Yeah. And I was like, it's just not important to me right now. Yeah. Um, and it just, and it wasn't, like it really wasn't. And yeah. Was that a nervous chat to let them know? Like, were you worried about telling them? Like, did it take you time to build up the courage to do it? Or was it just, nah, I've got to go there and I've got to go talk to them? Because I know, you know, with, with myself, like, you know, with my parents, I've got very you know, loving parents that, you know, six kids look after it, but... Yeah, you know, to tell them things sometimes, oh, you're yeah. kind of like, oh, I don't know if you're I want to step up you don't, to the plate. You don't want to let them down or they kind of overthink things and you're sort of like, should I work this out all on my own first and then come back to them with the resolution? Yeah. And then sometimes you feel, I, I, I personally feel bad sometimes doing that. Now being a father myself, I'm like, man, I hated if my young fella was going through things and I wasn't wa- walking that journey yeah. with him. Yeah. You know? I think... I, I had probably, um, I'd spoken more to friends about it yeah. and my brothers um, and my sister-in-laws um, and kept my parents informed as yeah. much. Not, yeah. And again, my parents very loving yeah. and I, I did, to, I, I did and then did it and let them know that that's what happened in the lead up to it because I knew that it's a pretty big thing to walk in and say, well, at that point in time it was, it yeah. really was. Um, and so, and then to go, okay, so I'm not working. What am I going to do? I actually, and I didn't want to look for a job. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it was a bit of both. Like I let them know. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't a complete shock, but I think also they could see it was coming. In right. The, it's on the wall. Yeah. To, yeah. It, it got to that point. Yeah. 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 Did you, um, did you want a chance to come back to your values circle back oh, to you no, sorry <laughs> i was talking to you no no i just wanted to give you a chance i was interested in the mm. role you are obviously the first four or five year old off are the ones that are really yeah they haven't mind. changed um where am I? you're killing it with me <laughs> walk up start mate <laughs> you're killing it you're a natural at this you get a touch of the ball early mate i think also too um Getting back to a bit of background, Louise, about what uh, Webby said about safety and numbers. I, on a previous episode, I've made a few comments about um, the whole mental health issues and stigma. And it's amazing when you show that vulnerability around other people, mm. and even like some of the conversations we've had, Webby, yeah. you show that vulnerability around other people, it's like you, can, you can't help but get help does that yeah. make sense all your friends get around you your mates look out for you they check in on you yeah they say how you're going and it also goes the other way obviously with the welfare groups and that sort yeah. of stuff you have them going and all of a sudden the floodgates open hey mm. you've got all these people ringing you and and I've, I've said this before on the podcast as well 
it's actually very healing to hear mm. other people's issues and it helps you to process and, un- and unpack and get through what you're doing yourself. Yeah, most definitely. And, and that's probably what I asked the question about yeah, um, with um, Louise's parents is most of the time you overwork, you know, talking about something in your head a million times worse than what it is than actually just telling someone. Overthink like, it. Yeah, yeah, like once you, once you let it out, and it's amazing at what, yes, you, you start to reap in return once you start talking about things. Like, you know, with that wealth, um, welfare and wellbeing group that we do with, with the footy and that, like I, I know even leading up to that pre-season camp when I was talking to you and I was, you know, I was getting anxious and, and worried about like, you know, getting in front of the group and, and you know, uh, explaining about my issues with anxiety and, and uh, you know, some depression and, and, and things along the likes of that. and. As soon as you, you get up there and, I mean, your hands are sweaty and everything, you're worried about how, you, how it's going to be received. But once it's done, it's amazing at what happens after. Like some of the people that came up and mm. started talking okay. to us and there's a young bloke there at the, the club, won't, won't drop his name out here yet and get him famous right away. But, uh, you know, some of those blokes that have come in and they've jumped involved and, and really want to be part of it and, and creating a community. Like, oh, you know, I was listening to the Safety and Numbers podcast there and um uh, you and your, your partner there laura were speaking about you know community and, and i reckon honestly that's one of the biggest self-identity things that i reckon a lot of us struggle with is what's our community and what are we connected to like that's it's probably why i've thrown myself probably a lot more into you know the footy club you know in the, in the recent years was you know after going to see my psychologist and i was probably lucky um, yeah, my dad being a, a Vietnam veteran is, you know, we get free psychology because of that. But after going there and start unpacking my stuff and working out, you know, a bit about my own self-identity, you realise it's the community that you're probably missing the most, like yeah. being a part of something. And, you know, um, you spoke about it before, about serving other people. Like, I find if I do stuff for other people, I actually get more out of that than if someone does something for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 100%. It's... um. It's really hard to describe. Just get, circling back before, uh, both you guys were talking about, um, you, you know, your loving parents and loving family. I was mm. really interested in that because obviously my background, mm. single parent, I sort of didn't really have a lot of that. But it's, I guess it kind of, it doesn't matter, You like we've spoken about before, your race, your career, your demographic, everyone's packaging these things in a certain way. Mm. And whether, whether you like it or not, we all carry a bit of grief and trauma from our childhood. Yeah. Whether our parents have done the best job or a bad job, we all still get shaped mm. by our life and by our surroundings yeah. so much. So. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I sort of think, you know, there's a certain sense of you're a product of your environment, but if you also commit, start to become self-aware and work on yourself, you can actually start to change and, and create your environment of what you want to kind of become. Like you said something there before, it reminds me of a saying, you know, it's um, life isn't about finding yourself, it's about creating yourself. Mm. So, you know, even what you're talking about there with uh, your cards, you're starting to create what it means to you and then that's how you identify and sort of yeah. move don't, forward. Don't stress it, we can move on. We can move on, you know. I can cut this, I'll just cut this little really bit out. really embarrassing. <laughs> no, no, don't stress I might find them. Um, but yeah. We'll have to do another episode. We'll come back to it. No, I'm just marking the time. 20, <laughs> 23 minutes and 25 seconds. You can Look take it I'll, I'll do cut a bit. We'll just, br- we'll just brush over that little bit. I'll have to come back we'll and do it again. Because it's 
Awesome. No, I like it. I think that's a. I think even that that's a good little tip for people. Like, I reckon I'll probably check into that book now. Knowing. Yeah, and get the value. Out. The cards are really that 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 was what was really easy. You've got tangible things that you can work with. Yeah. How and it's it is comparing them. Yeah. It's like because they'll all be on some level important to you. Yeah. But it's which ones. Hold the most weight. Yeah, hold the yeah. most weight. And, yeah, I do it every year now. Yeah. Well, it's only been two years, but... <laughs> um, but And sometimes they change. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it's coming back to when you were talking about um, creating your life or creating yourself. Yeah. Um, I think that's is, is something that um, is wrapped up in terms of, you know, Ben, you were talking about um, your upbringing with your parents. Um and at the moment, I'm doing um, some work on myself around conditioning and yeah. being conditioned. Um, and um, <clears throat> over, you know, over generations, our parents yeah. took from their parents, took from their grandparents, took from their parents, took from their parents. And so when we come into this world, there's an element of, you know, we've got a soul blueprint, but there's also that element of over time, mm. we become conditioned. Yeah. And so unpacking that becomes even more important when you are starting to I think yeah um and it's hard work but um I do think that yeah as a starting point having those values is really important yeah. but we have been conditioned we're conditioned by media we're conditioned by oh, yeah. parents and workplace totally yeah. Yeah. totally um yeah but it's interesting work anyway yeah. that's just an aside <laughs> Beautiful. And before you you spoke about um, having the opportunity to work with uh, younger women yeah. and empowering them in their careers. Yeah. Um, a lot of this podcast is obviously, as I was sort of shared with you before, my view is, whilst it's not um, focused on women, my view is uh, the willingness to sort of empower children and make positive choices and get out of the ruts that they're in. How... Obviously, your experience, Lou, previously in your careers is what's going to allow you to help shape those women. And if you had to put an issue with the moment, would there be one thing that's out there in the corporate world or, or the commercial world that's holding young leaders, young women back, in, in your view? Is there something that sticks out to you in industry that you can still see is, is way behind the times? Look, yeah, right. There's probably a few things. I think attitudes yeah. still. I mean, we're in, and I, you know, you've seen what's happening at the highest leadership of our country mm. um, with some of those cases coming up. And I, so I think attitudes definitely. Um, pay is one that we still continue, um, you know, continue and, you know, some, and also with the attitudes, it's also, you know, it's not just a number on paper. Like, that's not what it's about. And to still hear those comments, like, I've just, I'm blown away. Like, really blown away by that. Mm. Um, and I, by the way, I do think, um, you know, um, it's it's not a tick box. It's genuinely, um, it, it, what's the way to put it, I suppose? I think we have lived in a patriarchal society for generations and generations and generations and generations. 
there's going to be many more generations around, um, not for it to become matriarchal, but to break down that conditioning of a patriarchal society. Like our legislation, you know, wasn't changed, you know, for women until like 40 years ago in some, you know, for some things, <clears throat> education. Um, and I, but I want to be more about the forward thinking rather than, you know, what's happened in the past. Um, look, I think it's a combination. I, th I do think attitudes. I also think um, as well, and um, I've got two nephews, it's the generations of the future mm. and how we bring them up mm. is where I think the greatest change is going to be, the greatest change is going to, is going to come. Um, you know, I've got a little niece who's two years old as well and, you know, um, I think also her and giving her the independence and the strength and um, is really important yeah. for her to be a leader and she is a leader in her own world even at two years old. Mm. Um, and, but I do think it's, it's the future generations because it's hard to change necessarily something that's been conditioned into someone that they might not want to change mm -hmm. rather than bringing forward the generations of you know young men around around the equality and i think that's where that gap yeah, is going I, to become I, less and less i agree it's a really really interesting point i think i do understand what you mean about the forward thinking but i think my, my perspective on it is we also need to remember where we're coming from we can't just yeah. and we can't just sort of wipe it off and go let's start again that we still have to have some sort of accountability and, and i'm i'm trying to this is this is a positive view for the forward thinking this is not a um we've made great steps give us credit for that not at all i guess i'm, I'm what's in my head is i'm thinking about a lot of the like the the blm movement and a lot of the issues that the indigenous face and there's a lot of those issues as well louise that are that are very, they're in their infancy as well. The yeah. changes in their infancy, and it's really hard to. It's really really hard to get. There's a lot of people that are steadfastly stuck in their opinions, mm. and that's probably becoming less and less nowadays in our generations going through. But mm. there's still an element. Mm. I see it in my day job in the industry that I'm in. You'll see derogatory remarks we're still seeing racism where there's sexism and people still joke know, about it which is still part of the problem yeah and people go ha 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 and laugh along along like i i can't stand it like you've got to call people on that shit right 100%. absolutely have 100%. to call people on that shit like i even know um you know people within my own circle that might happen to make a joke I'm like, that's not okay. And even young kids, like my nephew made some comment and I'm like, that's not okay. It's just not okay. Yeah. You know, so yeah, you've got to call people on that shit. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a good start. Yeah. And I, I'll share as well, up until like my upbringing, my, my grandfather was a, was a World War II veteran. Yeah. He's yeah. an English army, anti-tank regiment, you know, decorated sort of, war hero got a got a full military funeral and all the rest yep but he's very 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 outdated in his way of thinking yeah his opinions on his opinions on yeah. things are very very outdated so yeah. you look at that and you go 
you know, you're coming through, but, but you're 100% right, Louise, you do yeah. have to call the people on it. And, and I, I mentioned that before about my upbringing because I, I can put my hand up and say I've been one of those people before that's yeah. made, said something inappropriate yeah. and whatever. And, but I think you have to have the ability to have that growth mindset. Yeah. If, yeah. You, if you choose to stay with the cavemen, yeah. you're going to be there all the time. And I think from my own perspective and learning, if, if I said something that was inappropriate, I want someone to call me on it. Yeah. yeah. Because you're also, you're learning and you're changing your mindset and you're going through. Yeah. Not to make any excuses for any mm. stuff that anyone Well, we, said. we all make mistakes and uh, I guess, yeah, I hope this podcast sort of encourages people to, you know, if you do make a mistake, you put your hand up and you, mm. you own it and then you sort of move forward and stuff. But touching on some of those points though, uh, and I like sayings, if you, you, you'll try and work it out pretty quick, is uh, um, be, careful to have an, uh, be careful to have an argument with a fool because from a distance, no one knows which one's the fool. So when you are calling some of these people on you know, derogative remarks, whether it be against someone's culture, religion, or um, um, gender, gender yeah. uh, like... Yeah, you call them on it, but then it's also very difficult to have that argument to try and educate them because if they don't have that forward thinking or that mindset to be able to get it, it's like trying to take someone off the street that wasn't good at math at school and trying to teach them algebra. Well, they're not going to get it. So I think you've got to call them, but, you know, where's that sort of point? Or, like, what, what for someone that is probably aware of what it is, like, what would, you know, from a, from a female's perspective, what, what's one thing that... A person that does see it, what could they do better? Rather than just calling them out, what would you want to see them do? I disagree with calling them out, actually. I disagree yeah. with your point around trying to educate, educate them. them. It, yeah. it is a known... like it, Psychologically, if you call someone out, they're going to go, oh, they called me out on it. Yeah. Or the, And they'll either react, which mm. means they're getting defensive about yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. But do you know what? I bet you that they'll think about it potentially more more often than not we'll think about the next time well we'll think about it the next day they will think about it again yeah because if you've called them out and they feel uncomfortable and they've reacted you've hit something with them yeah okay so i don't know no no i'm happy to be challenged i think that's the whole point of what this is yeah um what was the other question Sorry. Uh, well, what it would be, you know, what one, it, it, say like you create a hypothetical scenario right now and you, oh, I'm outside and there's another person, that person makes a remark and you're there, what's that one thing that you would expect from me besides just calling them out? Would you want me to explain to them why it's wrong or? No, I think it's got to be, you've got to own why you've called them out. So that's different for everybody. So for me, like, you know that's not okay that's just not okay behavior like yeah. they're you know just because they i don't know if it's racial or you know and highlighting that uh, it that it perpetuates a cycle and i know you've got to put that in your own words mm-hmm. but you've got to own why you call them out so mm-hmm. if you believe what they're doing is right like yeah, I, if you are calling someone out... <laughs> I hope that I'm not just made out as if I'm on their side of it, pretending to be against them. Would this be fair though, Louise, would this be fair to say, if, you, if you're in a group yeah. environment and you call someone out, yeah. if you're that passionate about that's your view and you call that person out, you're not necessarily... 
mm, looking for support or whatever from your friends, if it hits you that hard and it's against your values and you call it out, mm. you, I know for me, I'm not overly concerned if the person beside me has a different opinion. Oh, yeah. I will mm. say that because that affects my yeah. values. Mm. Yeah. And you're not probably, I don't know. I, no, no, I understand all that, but, um, and, and I agree 100%, agree with both of you, 100% on that, but you know, what the early bit of the conversation is, I think we're in a great time now, our generation, where we are because we're having conversations. We can do podcasts, we can talk about this sort of stuff. And I think 100%, you know, the next generations, it's just going to be the norm and it's not actually going to be there. But there's got to be an underlining education around it of like why it happened and why things are done. Does that make sense? Or Yeah, it does. But do people live under rocks or something to not know what? Do you know what I mean? Like Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's a script to when you call someone out there's a script of why this is wrong like it's I think the first thing is you do it with compassion you're Mm. not there to make someone well you're there to call out someone yeah um and everyone's got differences in opinion and it's but I also think it's just highlighting it and playing it back like if it was a sexist comment like I would actually say I find that really offensive. Like I am standing here and you have chosen to say that in front of me mm. and I am a woman. Like I, that would be, and leave it at that. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't want, I don't, I don't want to go on, go on about it. Um, similarly, um, around racism, I think it's, yeah. you know, who are you to make that comment and be condescending and think you're better than somebody else? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, I don't know if that ends. No, no, yeah. Oh, this, I don't know how this is going to go down, actually, because oh. I don't want people going, this podcast, and we end up in this. <laughs> no, well, I think it's important to sort of ask those sort of questions and try and nut things out, because sometimes people just talk about a topic and then they don't really sort of dive into it and really... Yeah, so maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. no, I think so. Maybe someone there probably would have heard something said and went, Oh, yeah. I didn't really think of it that way. Yeah. I'm glad he asked that stupid question because it got... Uh, it wasn't a probably. stupid question at all, I don't yeah. think. Um, but, yeah. It, yeah. The most important thing is, as we spoke about before, is, it, is that we're authentic. Yeah. And, and it's organic. And, and the main thing, obviously, with the podcast and all this is to capture the passion. Yeah. yeah. Capture the moment, capture the conversations. There's no... I'll start again. In, in a lot of circumstances there's obviously different opinions and there's not always a right or wrong yeah but it's the ability to have a challenging conversation and work through yeah. listening yeah. so yeah. everyone in the room feels heard yes yeah. that's, that's all you can hope for yeah i, I like it i i like having yeah. starting off on a broad topic and then oh there's a rabbit hole <laughs> yeah. I, I like it, I like yeah. It. yeah yeah because it's yeah. the conversation so much better who wants to read off a script yeah, yeah, yeah I, totally. I like it much better yeah um i'm just really yeah really really interested in the the question I guess that, that's going through my head Louise what what's driving you you think at the moment what's driving you with what you're doing is there something you can put your finger on or is it just the come back to the serving people and and that is there something that is is stoking stoking your fire at the moment what's what's that in your life yeah um there's a few things, um, actually. Um, one of them is f- not focusing on me, but I'm doing a lot of work um, around ancestry and around soul purpose and 
soulful prints and gene keys and around that deconditioning so that I can speak from the truth of what's my truth. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, I do know that, um, you know, uh, working with women, leadership, empowering women, invigor like, um, you know, lifting women to where they can be, um, where I can. Um, actually, I don't like the way I said that. <laughs> <laughs> you take your time. You workshop it out. Have we don't want the time limit. You workshop it. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. All the way. No, there are a few things that that um, light my fire um, in a way that I don't think I've felt it because I, I think I've just been so desensitised working, 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 career, career, and my career took, came about as of circumstance or chance. So I've never gone, this is where I want to be mm. by this year, what's your five-year plan? And mm. I don't like asking that question anyway in interviews, but um, it has kind of been chance and it's kind of like rapids, okay, I'm going down this way, okay, opportunity have grown, like move on not, not move on but oh there's this role going you should meet this person so it's never been something that and i don't have to control it like it mm. I, it's been like going through rapids really and then learning growing um leadership's always been the element that i've wanted there um and leading people but now um, you're would it be fair to say now you're steering the ship now? Yeah, yeah totally now i am yeah. steering um the ship um, the stuff that I work, I, um, moving up to the Gold Coast have been, have been really fortunate. You know, people say, oh, you need to meet this person. You need to meet that person because I didn't know anyone really on the Gold Coast yeah. when I moved up here. I just knew I wanted to be here. It was a sea change for me and I chose, I didn't want to be in Sydney anymore. The energy there just didn't feel right. And I just... For me, it felt like there was a real obsession around property, money, people just doing, doing. Materialistic. And yeah, and I, but having said that, a lot of my good friends are there, but that's just not where I wanted to be. Yeah. And I needed to, again, create space mm. and look at things differently. And I've had a few friends, actually, in the last couple of years. One's moved down to Kangaroo Valley. One's about to move to Tasmania. So it's similarly, they've got to a point where they're like, this isn't working for me yeah. anymore. But the one thing that has continued is um, around the mentoring space um, and um, leading and where I can, you know, um, be a mentor to women. I mean, I still mentor women um, and um, I still do that um, informally, um, but through my networks. Yeah. Um, and then also... Um, I was introduced to the chair of um, Women in Media Australia and um, at that time, you know, we're now very, very close friends and um, she worked at the same um, organisation that I worked at, but just up in Queensland. And they're a not-for-profit that's all about, you know, empowering, elevating women um, and creating um, an environment for mentoring and networking. This is women for, in media. Yeah, women yeah. in media yeah. for, um, you know, for women within the media industry. Um, and so, yeah, they do conferences. There's mentorships that get offered. We do fundraising activities. It's great for networking, but it's also great 
you know, to meet new people as well. Um, mm. And they do a great job um, within the media industry around, um, you know, promoting the opportunities for women. Um, there's grants that they give, um, those sorts of things. So um, I love, I love that. So being involved in that, I'm on the committee for Queensland, which is excellent um, with a number of really awesome women that, you know, I never thought I'd be sitting around a table mm-hmm. with, if that makes sense. Like Kay McGrath, who was on, who's had an illustrious career in media, and she's a legend. Yeah, yeah. she is, and she's a very, she's a beautiful, beautiful woman, um, and does a lot in the domestic violence space as well. Um, but you know, being a part of something that is a community and something that's big, that's got, that is creating change for the future is really important because mm. um, you came back to I think um, like when you spoke about having community in a sense yeah. of community I think that's really important mm. I mean we're human beings we need to have human connection yeah, not most have and sometimes we shy away from it um, mm. because you don't want to be seen you don't want to be heard or things have happened mm. um, but I think yeah, community is where it's really, really important. Mm. And, you know, um, yeah, I don't know what I was going to say. And but yeah. just on that, vulnerability is very powerful as well, isn't it? Like, yeah. I, even in that space with the women in media, I mean, obviously that's nothing I've ever experienced, but I can liken that to the, the stuff we do with footy, where we, mm. you know, that vulnerability amongst the, amongst the lads and... yeah. You know, you're just there and you're part of something big. Yeah. And you look around and go, wow, we're, we're now the largest uh, senior yeah. men's club in Brisbane. Yeah. And we're, you know, we're... And the women's team. Yeah, the women's team. We're a women's team as well. Undefeated this year, the yeah, women's Norman B. Hounds. Yeah. Killing it. So, yeah, I, I do. <laughs> it is that. And I think that's one thing that I certainly struggled with growing up. You finding where you belong. Yeah. And I think when... And I'm still working that out now, but when you can start to get to that stage in your life where you find where you belong mm. and what your purpose is and where you're actually headed, mm. like that's got to be so empowering. Yeah. You know, because I, I, serving back before to what you said about your career, about how things have always just, you know, avenues have been there, I've been a little bit the same. Yeah. And now, you know, getting closer towards 40, where you sort of spoken about there's going to be a time where there's going to be life after what I'm doing you yeah. know and it's good to be, and you sort of and I guess we're, we're, we're you're probably the same you're working it as you go along yeah 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 I feel like I've got more direction of it now I think I went through a very similar uh, experience also with, with footy like a you know when I you know when you're sort of chasing a dream and it doesn't sort of work out and then I went through a big thing of like well if I don't play footy like who am I like do, do I have I even had conversations with people or have I just been at footy training talking about footy and absolute rubbish or have I ever met a friend have I made a friend outside a football environment so I went through all that sort of uh, um, experience which made me then start to reflect and think right I will yeah who am I I'm like what do I want to do mm-hmm. so I went through that that period and then that's why I started falling into the education side of stuff and and realizing that's what I was passionate about so, yeah and helping people in in that sort of sense yeah 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 not just blowing up it teams at half time when they're not doing what they want us to do wow. <laughs> coaching rugby league is a full time job in itself yeah. <laughs> we're all volunteers doing our best right yeah we are definitely oh it's great it's, uh, it's been a wonderful chat do you um, so the just to 
if we're happy to sort of cover off, is yeah. there anything else that you want to you want to cover before we finish the session? We're getting up towards an hour, forty-eight minutes. Um, mm. um, yeah, you've caught me on the spot there. I did have a question for you, but it sort of slipped down in my. What was it? I said. Um, no, no, no. I was. I wanted to extend on something there, um, but I'm not going to dribble on and just take up time. Uh, so. <laughs> Mate, <Nice, well, laughs> yeah. I've seen it. I've been doing it on a podcast for a little while now. And it, it seems to be working. <laughs> you think I know what I'm doing? Oh, no, no, oh, I've got it. Off. It's come back to me. It's a fleeting thought. Uh, when you spoke there about the women in media yeah. and everything you're doing, so and the mentoring, so say there's like a, a, a young woman or, or, or uh, even a, a woman that's in a career right now and wants to change and go into media, is that something that they, what, they look up women in media and then they, um, yeah. they can apply for it, they can reach yeah. out to you and, so, and get yeah. mentored by put you? Put them, well, put yeah. them, yeah, throw them, definitely, yeah, um, yeah. always. Um, and how would they do that? Is that like through your social media, like a website or what's the, <laughs> no, no, that's that. Or the women in media, they said? Yeah, well, you can get in, well, you yeah. can get in touch with me personally, um, that wouldn't be an issue at all, like, yeah. via Facebook or via, um, Instagram, or you can go to Women in Media. We do have programs around mentorship, but yeah, there's always, you know, it doesn't have to be that you apply for a program to be able to speak to someone if that's something that you wanted to do. There's yeah. a number of awesome women that would happily chat to you, have a coffee with you, and that's what I encourage. Yeah, like, yeah. I would really encourage people to do. I think have a coffee, like, yeah. um, have a coffee with someone, ask someone. Ask questions. I'd love to, yeah, I'd love to, this is where I'm at, I'd love to, can I buy you a cup of coffee? Yeah. Or could we catch up, If or can we catch up over the phone? However that looks, like, ask it, like, I remember when I moved up here, that was one thing, even if I didn't know them, and even if, what was I going to chat to them about? Yeah. I'd ask them for a cup of coffee. You never know where a conversation can lead. And the other thing is some of those conversations have led to close friendships for me. Yeah. For example, I, um, before I left, actually, I had a woman um, that I'd hired at um, where I previously um, worked. Yeah. And um, she was taking on a, um, a very senior role, um, at one of the stadiums in New South Wales and I was giving her a reference and anyway the woman who I was giving the reference to was in Brisbane so we were on the phone we were chatting we got talking Mm. and um, we got on I gave the reference like all the formalities was talking about it I'm a good talker as you can probably tell (laughs) and I like talking to people but um, we I was just saying to her oh look this is you know it got into conversation that I was moving up there. I yeah. left where we were. Anyway, um, one thing led to another. She goes, so when you're in Brisbane, come and meet me. She lives on the Gold Coast. Mm. We are now really, really close friends. How and good. so that's what it, like it's, it is having those conversations, coffee. No one is ever, ever going to say no to you. If yeah. you, like, would you say no to someone that said, I'd really, you know, would you have half an hour, an hour? I'd love to buy you a coffee. This is where I'm at. Yeah. People That's probably feel good about it. That's done, to be honest. <laughs> That's why I don't get me work done. I'm always at coffee or I'm always being out the phone. But it feels good. Yeah. Like, people, like, that feels good. Rewarding. Yeah. It's very rewarding. It is really rewarding, actually. And, you know, I, I don't do it to, to make myself feel good. Like, 
if there's if I can help someone, then I'm mm. gonna help them. I'll put them in contact with someone. Like that feels good. Yeah, that's cool. And that's not egotistical. It just it does. It's no, like no. all. Your that's, reward's nearly seeing that person do well. Sorry, yes, you're, you're, that's what totally. your reward is. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. You know, um, that that was one thing in teens. You know, um, you know, leading teens, if they were going off and they found another opportunity that was great for them, yeah, sure, gotta have them leave yeah. or move on. Yeah, yeah. But that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But that is awesome. Yeah, you can't be upset for some, with someone for bettering really? themselves. No, yeah, you should that's be. exactly that's right. What you should be yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Yeah. So. And it always comes in return too. If you're, if you're trying to help and empower someone, even if you're a business owner or something like that, then they move on somewhere else, they find out about it, then the next people know how good you were to them and that. So I yeah. think it swings in roundabouts. Totally. Yeah, the reason I asked you a question about the women in media stuff is I, I grew up in a small country town and, and I think about you know the kids out in those remote areas yeah. and that aren't exposed to you know opportunities that you know other kids might have at you know private colleges or metropolitan yeah. areas so is that the same for those you know young, young women out there to yeah. get onto the women in media website and, and yeah and find absolutely stuff? it is i was just on a panel for um we have a grant yeah. um for um this is within Women in Media Queensland, so we've got national and each state has their chapter as well. And cool. we, um, people apply for the grant. Yep. And it's for them to go off and um, build something, pursue something from an educational perspective that's going to better themselves and also will pay it forward and contribute to the growth of the industry and, you know, growing women within the industry. Um, and that has a regional focus as well we've okay. got regional grants there's a lot of um yeah we've got regional chapters within queensland as well but yeah definitely i mean the caroline there's a few awards that we've got as well mm. um so yeah there is a big focus on regional definitely and most of the women that are on the um there's a lot of women particularly in queensland because i can i'm on that committee yeah, yeah. that has like that's where they've spent most of their time is regional and then moved yeah. into um, like into the metro yeah. areas and yeah. whatever network they work for or whoever they work for. But a lot of them have regional experience. So regional is a big part of um, particularly for the media industry, definitely. Yeah, and it's equal in terms of it doesn't matter if you're in Sydney or it's open to yeah. everyone. So, yeah. That's good that it's got that bigger scope. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of there's a you know a lot of um, I guess hidden gems. Yeah, yeah. In the rural areas and people have absolutely yeah, maybe put a little intellect. star on Blackwater and Bluff. That's there's a, there's a couple of little there's some gems. There's some great kids out there. Let's get them involved. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, we might um we might cover up. So just touching base again the the women in media website louise uh what's the website it's women in media australia.com.au no worries and if anyone wants to get in touch with louise can message the head noise official socials or no doubt you can probably find louise on instagram or facebook herself but thank you for your time today it's been wonderful and yeah it's been fun i've loved it refreshing thank you 
Webby as well. Thanks for coming in, mate. Cheers, first, mate. Uh, first of many. Hopefully we don't bore these guys and get too much stick about it. So yeah, yeah. We'll, Thanks uh, for we'll the debut, mate. Debut we'll keep going. So. Yeah. Um, until next time, find us on Instagram, headnoiseofficial, or you can email us at headnoiseofficial at gmail.com. Have fun. Be safe. Thanks, guys. Bye.